from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that would compel you to be circumcised, and not only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who receive circumcision do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision but a new creation. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. Henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. At that time, there came to Jesus a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he besought him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. As he went, the people pressed round him, and a woman who had had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had spent all of her living upon physicians, and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him, and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes surround you and press upon you. But Jesus said, 
Someone touch me, for I perceive that power has gone forth from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, he came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, a man from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she shall be well. And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him, except Peter and John and James, and the father and mother of the child, and all were weeping and bewailing her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Good morning. It's always a blessing, truly, when I'm able to come back to the parish that I grew up in and I'm able to serve in front of the altar of God, the altar that I was very familiar with growing up. It's an opportunity of my own ability to give thanks for the blessings that our Lord has shined upon myself. As we listen to the gospel today, a lot of things are happening. We see a couple of great miracles. And because of those miracles that transpired, a great much of thanksgiving being given out as well. We have the wonderful opportunity to hear about the woman who had an illness, a sickness, as she was flowing blood, as they said, for 12 years. No matter how many doctors she went to, how many people she saw, no matter how many gurus she may have attended to, no one was able to cure the problem that was ailing her. The illness which afflicted her had gone on and on, and she had given great amount of money, time, and attention to it, and she probably was at somewhat of wit's end. So she heard the stories. She heard probably a few whisperings 
of people saying of things that might be happening. There might be someone who's performing some kind of miracles, who's doing something. So she says to herself, probably like, let me just find this man, give it another opportunity. But when she arrives, much like we had the four friends and the paralyzed man a couple months ago, when they arrived at the place where Christ was, she was really unable to see him, unable to get close to him. So just like the friends tore down the roof to be able to lower the man in, she figured in her own faith, because truly it's faith is what is truly relevant and obvious when you look at this gospel today, is she went and thought to herself, if I'm just able to touch the hem of his garment, I think I could be made well. She had faith in knowing the littlest act, the slightest thing was all that was needed in her mind of this holy man. She heard him talk and she believed. And then as he passed by, we know she touched the hem of his garment as he walked by, which is a tradition we see within the Orthodox Church often, especially if you go overseas, of when the priest passed carrying the gifts during a great entrance, people will reach out and touch their garment. And recreation, or recreation, I should say, of the gospel that we heard today. Their faith figures, if I could just touch the hem of the priest when he's holding the gifts, the gifts which are about to become the body and blood of Christ, everything will be okay. I will be made well. My prayers will be answered. And just that happened for the woman as she touched our Lord's garment as he passed, immediately she was healed. And she knew it right away. There was no question in her mind. She knew at the moment she just touched his garment that she had been healed. Now many people will ask, why does Christ call her out like this? He calls her out because he wants to show the faith that this woman had. He calls her out not to embarrass her, but because he felt that someone had been cured, someone had been healed. And he didn't want to deny that person the opportunity to be able to give thanks for what had happened. His disciples were a little bit curious, saying, Lord, there are hundreds of people around you, all pressing to get near to you, all just holding out, grabbing out, pulling at your garden, pulling at your arm, whatever it may be. How do you ask who touched me? But the Lord knew that the woman knew that she had been made well, and she rightfully came forward. We know, of course, at that time he was on his way to heal a young daughter who we know, as the gospel states, before he had gotten there, had passed away. Now as he went, there another opportunity. Another opportunity arose for Christ to be able to not only help someone through their own faith, but help them to give thanks to God. And as she came, or as he went to the daughter, he ordered everyone out. And in, oftentimes you read the explanations the gospel, it said a lot of people thought it was funny. They didn't believe what they were saying, oh, this guy doesn't get it. But our Lord knew what he was there for. And he performed a great miracle here. This girl had died. 
She was no longer there. But Christ commanded them to have faith. And when he called her out to arise, she awoke. And there was awe. And many times, like Christ does, as you saw here today, he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Because he's trying to show us humility. He's trying to show us that we must be humble in our faith, humble in our love for humanity, and not gloating, not arrogant. But he gave them an opportunity. And that young girl, even though she was young, would remember the rest of her life, the miracle that God had done for her. I say this because I know that at this time of year, oftentimes we speak about giving to the church, stewardship, whatever it may be that we want to call it. But what is stewardship? What is giving to the church? Giving to the church is giving to God, giving thanks for the blessings that we have received. St. Basil takes it a step further. And I want to say it's more than just giving to the church. It's giving charitably. existed a famine and then he would sell the grain at an elevated price so the man was greedy but basil goes to say of the mistake that man made was not giving it away in fact in my own life whenever i need to declutter my house or i feel like everything's gotten a little too crazy i read that book because the one thing it does is it makes you really understand and very easy to give things away Basil will go on to say, if you have two coats, why do you need two coats? Have one, give one to the poor. You don't need two coats. If you have two pairs of shoes, why do you need two pairs of shoes? Give one to those who have nothing. And he goes over and over again about how we should be giving. And he commands us to give because when we are giving, we are giving a loan. We're not giving a loan to the poor person who might benefit. We're giving a loan to God. God is the one who receives the loan, and then he gives back. In fact, Basil said, there is no one better to owe you than God because he always pays ten times over what is given. And everyone I know, and many people can attest to this, the more you give to God, the more you give to charity, the more you give to organizations that are there to help, the more things seem to come back. Many times on us again. In my own life, it seems like when you give something away, it comes back almost immediately. Many times, talk to people. You'll see this is not a rare thing. Those who give, God repays. And not always money. We get too stuck up in the world of Joel Oldstein that says, if you believe in God, God will make you rich. That is not what God is here for. He is not 
your 10-step plan to financial stability. But God is there when we give to God. He gives us treasures much greater. Sometimes they may be financial, many times they're spiritual. And as we say, it is better to build up our treasures in heaven than our treasures here on earth. Much like the rich man I mentioned earlier, who in the beautiful parable when Christ speaks of him, talks about how he attained this massive wealth and his greed kept driving him for more. But he called him a fool because that very night his soul would be required. And all that he had gained, all that he had amassed in that time would just rot away and go to nothing because it meant nothing anymore because he couldn't bring it with him. So my brothers and sisters, as we reflect on our lives, as we reflect as each and every one of us as adults takes time to make our own budget at home, to put into mind what we need to spend and what we can have for more other things instead of just the bare necessities, let us also take time in those moments to think to ourselves, well, what can I give to God? And if we know what we want to give, both to the church and charitably, then we should set that aside and live up to what we promised. It is only that way that we can truly find peace and salvation within our own lives. It is only then that we can be like the woman we heard in the gospel this morning who was healed instantly, or for Jairus, whose daughter was raised from the dead. Now this marks a second time in a little under a month where we hear about a resurrection taking place. It's only a few short months away until we hear about another famous one. We come to the time, of course, of Lazarus and one of the greatest miracles that our Lord ever performed but he shows time and time again in faith anything is possible. And just because it's not maybe what we think it should be doesn't mean the blessings don't exist. And I'll end on this wonderful little note. When I was young, I think I was in high school, there was a song at the time from an artist known as Garth Brooks. Many people knew him. They loved him. But it was a song on his album that was called I thank God for unanswered prayers. And he goes on to talk about time and time again, he went somewhere and realized that he prayed for something and he really wanted it. Because oftentimes, sometimes we think of God as a genie, that we can just make a wish and it's going to come true. But he remembers he had gone back now with his wife and children to his old high school, to a football game. And as he was there, he saw the woman that he had dated all through high school the woman that he had asked God time and time again to let them get married one day. And that's when he realized that he thanked God for the unanswered prayers because it was at that moment that he realized if if God had answered his prayer the way that he wanted, he never would have met his wife. He never would have met or had his children. So it shows that sometimes things may not go the way we think they should, but God's plan is infinitely more complex. God does things for us that sometimes we can never hope 
to understand. But we take time in our lives and we look back, things start to make sense. So with that, let us always remember God and have him in our hearts. Let us always keep him in our knowledge so that we do not lose sight. And let us always remember to take time in our lives when we come to church for this hour, hour and a half every Sunday to give thanks to God for the blessings he has given us. May God bless you all.